Welcome to the Soul Journeys podcast. My name is Jennifer Longmore and I am founder of the number one Akashic Record training school in the world. As a seasoned light worker and ascension worker, I want to bring you the show to provide you with the divine guidance and tools that you need as a light worker and change agent to navigate this great awakening. So if that is something that you're craving, then you have come to the right place. Think of this High Vibe podcast as your guide to the changes that we're seeing in the world so that you can be supported in navigating the new paradigm. Leave it to me to provide you with the divine tools, resources, and experts that will support you in navigating this once-in-a-lifetime epic event. Thank you for pressing play. Let's dive in. Welcome back, everyone, to the Soul Journeys podcast. We are going to go deep today. (laughs) So (laughs) I would recommend that you have a seat. If you're not sitting down, you might come in and out of your body. It just depends on how you get activated. I am so excited to introduce you to my friend, Eloise Surfleet Middleton, who is a 5D Ascension Guide. She is a transformational teacher, a Reiki master, a Kashuk record reader, which we're going to talk a lot about today, and an accredited coach. Uh, I love it when I have starseeds on the show, <laughs> because <laughs> like you, I'd much prefer to give a blurp, blurp, blurp sort of a bio instead of the big, long, fluffy, you know, it's just like, here's how it is. Let's communicate telepathically. Let's get on with it. So welcome to the show. Thank you. My great awakening, newfound great awakening friend. <laughs> it was I know. With you. Yeah. Isn't it amazing how... You know, I like to hold multiple perspectives, and I know with you being in the records, it kind of forces us to be able to hold multiple perspectives. And so even if people don't hold the same beliefs as we do, we still have the ability to meet them where they're at. But there's something that's happening online right now where we are looking for for a soul alignment. I think we're all looking for soul family. And so there's those moments where people post things and you're like, you are my family member. (laughs) And I think we had that. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think uh, I, I was out there posting about how masks are a sign of submission and how they silencing us and really mm-hmm. how slaves used to wear be given masks to stop them there essentially communicating and yeah you've commented on my post and I've been following you for a while and I thought yeah that lady I like to, I'd like to connect with that lady she's on my wavelength <laughs> mm. I love that you bring up the masks because it's such a contentious thing and I would you know I think people want sort of a definitive answer from me and I can see multiple sides for me I just had the awareness and I had the awareness from the moment that it started that it was not about protecting anyone from a virus. And so there's multiple reasons why people are choosing to wear them. And sometimes it's for safety reasons, right? Like in certain other countries when fascism was being implemented, it was actually safer for people to be incognito so that the government wouldn't know that they were standing against them, right? Because not wearing a mask is for many, not, not for everyone, but for many an act of defiance. And, um, you know, it, it's interesting that when we look back to the beginning of 2020, when we were doing our vision boards, 
<laughs> talking about where we were going to travel, what we were going to do in our business, all the things we could never have dreamed that we would have so much headbutting over such a seemingly simple piece of material. And it's turned into something as it has, but I I'm with you. I can see historically how masks have been used to force people to submit. And I see how, um, masks also from a from a blood cult perspective from these various blood cults it's also a form of control and it's also a form of allegiance depending on what they're using it for for their very yeah conditioning and their ceremonies and stuff so viscerally you know, there's many things i do that people would think that's so simple why do you do that and i can't explain it but this had such a visceral reverberation through my body of of a deep soul understanding of what was really going on without me having words for it at the time that i just need to honor you know mm. my my journey I think, I think you hit the nail on the head i think everybody's got to honor their own journey you know if you feel safer mm-hmm. and you want to wear a mask then please go ahead but i'm with you like it was like a, a full body no <laughs> mm-hmm. we just had it announced in the uk that we have to wear them going shopping or, do you know what it's a guideline which is really interesting because obviously they're projecting it and displaying it as like it's law but it's not um and mm-hmm. so what we're finding is it's a really good way to suss out who is awake and who isn't and interestingly my, my best friend lives in london and he was saying that actually there's a huge amount of people not wearing masks in shops and mm-hmm. you know it's great because you can then see who is effectively in your corner and awake um but if it's mm-hmm. something you want to do and you feel safer and you want to do it that's fantastic um but for me it mm-hmm. was a full body no i was like no nope, mm-hmm. i am not i, I refuse <laughs> absolutely point mm-hmm. blank to wear it you know it's not going to happen mm-hmm. it's not going to be in my reality and i think you know, you and I can talk on this kind of more woo-woo level. And I think, you know, we're big enough and ugly enough now that we understand that we manifest and create our own realities, you know. So if anybody mm-hmm. is out there listening and they want to go out and they don't want to wear a mask, just set your intention. You know, literally mm-hmm. use those those powers of creation to create an experience when you go shopping that you're not um, asked to or you're not, somebody won't come up to you. And, you know, use it to mm-hmm. test, you know, what we we really know which is we can project and create what we want to happen through our realities and future so you're living Mm -hmm. in this 5d energy absolutely let's let's not get embroiled in the the negativity in the um frustration let's really okay let's test and let's use this to refine our skills Yeah, I was, um, I find it interesting that people want to get viscerally aggressive with people not wearing a mask. They're wearing a mask because they feel unsafe, but they're willing to mace someone in the face, ram their grocery cart into them, throw walnuts in their face at the grocery store, try and run them over with a car, thereby making that other person very unsafe, right? Like it's interesting that people are standing for safety and yet acting against that. So, yeah, I have a lot of Sorry, just one more thing, because I've, I've just noticed it's like indicative of where people are at in their development, you know, how they respond mm-hmm. and react. Like I've even mm-hmm. noticed on, on Facebook, you know, obviously you can see by how somebody responds to a question or how they express themselves, where they're at in their development, their, their evolution, their consciousness. Um, but I have really mm-hmm. noticed that 
that people who I think who are in this more 3D reality, I think there's fear. And of course it will, it sparks them and it's the fight or flight. And so actually they're coming back with the, you know, the, the negative comments or being rude or, you know, really kind of um, getting triggered by what is happening. Um, And then again, I think we need to look at it as let's observe, not react. <laughs> Isn't mm-hmm. it interesting that they've just called me or whatever? We're not wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to let it ruin my day or my vibe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I I think um, <clears throat> you know. First of all, I know a lot of people that are are awake, and for whatever reason, they have to wear a mask. So I have some friends that wear a mask that say tyranny on it, and uh, I will not submit. And Bill Gates is an a hole, and whatever else they've got on their masks. <laughs> For some of them, it's because they have to for their job. For some of them, it's because they have um, people that are at risk or, you know, at higher risk of, of contracting things. And, um, and so my, my issue is more with the virtue signalers, right? I'm okay, it, but if you're doing it to impose it, posting pictures with you and your kids, so that everyone can see how oh, much of a, a great person statement. you are and, and you can tell it's a p- pulling on people's energy and wanting, you know, someone to give them an award, then I'm, I don't have much, uh, much space for that. But uh, it's interesting that you, you brought up the mask post because one of the things that came up in the records this weekend is that we did come here to experience it all. And masks are part of the experience, right? Doesn't mean we have to wear one, but they are a part of the experience of what's going on right now in the collective consciousness. And I think they're a great indicator, and I love your opinion on this. I think they're a great indicator of what our true values are that we maybe didn't realize were there. One of the gifts of the pandemic, I think, in general, is that we're really getting clear on what we value and what's important to us and what where we're aligned and where we're not. And it ultimately stands, you know, the polarity is I either value safety or I value freedom. If I have to pick one, which one is the one I'm going to choose the most? And then how how am I going to line up my decisions and my actions and so on to match that? But when you think of us being here, experiencing it all, even if we don't agree with it, what kind of information comes through for you? Well, I would agree, but I would also say that it's indicative for me of consciousness, because if you're somebody that values safety or in fear, fear, which implies to me you're in a lower level vibrational state, because if you're in a higher vibrational state, you know that, you know, we're being looked after. We know that we're going through an ascension process. We know that we're breaking down before we break through. So for me, the way I tend to look at it is where someone's out on their development journey and, you know, everybody is going to have to wake up, you know? And I think the beautiful thing about COVID is it's done a fantastic job of waking loads and loads of people up, millions and millions of people up, who knows how many people up, but you know, it's been the kind of biggest um, catalyst for a great awakening. And for that, we can only be truly happy. Um, And I know, you know, you and I are kind of in a similar position, Jennifer, where we're bridges, you know, we're, we're guides, you know, we're, we're here to serve and help people and help them move into this energy of creating their own heaven on earth and having the business they desire and living the life that they want and not having to be on the nine to five treadmill mill. Um, So I have, you know, real gratitude for it, actually. I think for me, like this may sound a bit weird, but 
I'd been working towards a consciousness shift in my life on the planet for so long. And I didn't know what that looked like. You know, I just innately knew that was why I was here and that was what I was here to do. And then when COVID kicked off, I was like, this is it. Oh my God. You know, like, because obviously as soon as it started, I didn't trust what the media were saying, started looking more deeply into it. And of course I was like, this is what we came for. So for me, it's been weirdly the kind of just an amazing experience um, uh-huh. because it's enabled me to, to see friends, family, um, people who weren't a kind of awake, awaken. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And as you're talking, I'm thinking too, that it's also easy for us to sit here and talk about it because we do have privilege, right? We, we don't have to extract ourselves from, or we don't have to experience the kind of things that are happening right now as we dismantle systems that are oppressive, including anywhere that there is systemic racism. And I've spoken with, with various people that would identify as black indigenous people of color. And uh, they sometimes think it sounds a little bit precious when we're talking about how great the awakening is in a lot of ways, because for some people, it's just not, not that way, because they've got these other layers that they're contending with different than what you and I would be contending with, for example, I think we're all decolonizing, right? Sure. But I would say my, I've had many dark nights of the soul. So you know, I can mm-hmm. sit here and say that now, but my 20s, my 21, I had a nervous breakdown. Between 21 mm-hmm. and uh, 28, I had a drug and alcohol addiction. I had a very heavy cocaine habit for a very long time. I tried to take my life on a number of occasions. And, you know, I had to watch my witness, my mum go through a suicide attempt as well. So I have mm-hmm. trained for this, is what I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so so you know i've had to go through my shit early and i do believe that i went through my shit early so i can now support others you know because Mm. we get to now help and support other people who are going through what we have gone through you know and having chronic depression Mm. for eight years where i was floating out of my body watching my life wanting to take my own life you know i've got the biggest amount of empathy you can possibly imagine yes i am in a way enjoying what's happening because i know there's something incredible on it you know, happening on this earth, it will be an amazing for every single human being on the planet, you know, not just the 1%. So, mm-hmm. you know, that would be my kind of response is, you know, believe me, my, it hasn't been an easy ride this side of the fence either. But I, you know, I know I chose it and I chose it for a specific reason mm-hmm. that I wanted to serve and help people at this time. Mm-hmm. I love how you shared we're all being prepared for this. I, I agree with this. I saw a funny meme on Facebook the other day about, you know, let's be honest, guys, like, is 2020 really your worst year ever? (laughs) And then I thought about it. I'm like, well, actually, when I went through my Saturn return, that was a pretty big donkey kick in the face. Right. And I was uh, on my own and obviously had far less emotional maturity and spiritual maturity and so on. So navigating my Saturn return in this stage in life would have been much easier for sure. But at that time, It was interesting. So yeah, I think it's all perspective. And I do think we'll look back on this time. Like we're going to be listening to like, you know, when Facebook reminds us of here's what you wrote back in 2015, right? When we get all of those reminders of the kind of things we were writing during this time, you know, three years from now, five years from now, we're going to be like, whoa, (laughs) that was an interesting 
time to be in, or I forgot that I was feeling that way, or I forgot that that was my perspective or things like that. So, all right. So you mentioned your little bit of your past, and uh, I think it would be helpful for everyone listening to understand a little bit more about how you went from wherever you were in life to being, you know, a, a bridge and, and a guide for the 5D ascension. Sure. Well, I just gave you a very quick potted history, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) to elaborate, you know, I think a lot of our generation are trauma clearers. You know, we came in because we signed up to clear the disgusting things that have been happening in families, whether it be alcoholism, whether it be pedophilia, whether it be depression, whether it be illness, abuse, basically. Um, And in my family, we had a huge history of depression, uh, chronic depression, we had suicides, we had bipolar, we had mental institutions. um, And it ran down the sort of female side of my family. Um, Again, not that I knew any of this until, till I was about 28. You know, so um, I think my family were of the opinion that what doesn't I don't, don't know doesn't hurt me you know, and they obviously wanted to shelter me and to protect me, which so many of us do as parents, you know, we want to look after our children, but actually we kind of then give them a false view of the world if we're not sharing the ups and the downs. Um, so in my case, my whole history was hidden from me, including my mother's history. Um, and at 21, I actually I had a nervous breakdown myself. Um, and Again, I, at that point, I, I understood a little bit. My mum told me a little bit, but, but nothing really in relation to the extent of the history in our family. Um, I actually had an affair with, well, I say an affair, it was very innocent. You know, I felt, actually fell in love with my boss at the time who was engaged to be married to another woman. And, um, you know, I, I had very black and white thinking. What, you know what is right what is wrong and I also had learned how not to express my emotions so my family were stiff up a lip British you know you don't you don't cry you just get on with it keep calm carry on very very uh, English culture um, and I had I kind of adopted that so I never saw my mum I think I saw my mum cry once in my whole life um, and so as a 21 year old I internalized all the emotions because I couldn't tell anybody what was happening I didn't tell my best friend best friends what I was doing because I felt so ashamed of myself because you know having an affair or having a relationship with a man who was engaged to be married to another woman was wrong so I didn't share it with a single soul on the planet I just internalized it all and then it got to about a year and a half and I just cracked um literally had this kind of breakdown um went home got antidepressants was with my take about a month off work recuperated um, quickly learned that antidepressants weren't the right thing for me, so came off them. But unfortunately for me, I was in a very um, city environment, which was all about work hard, play hard. So I had quite a high, you know, good job. I was working as a recruitment consultant in the city, earning six figures by the age of 22. Um, but it was also binge drinking and cocaine also went hand in hand. It was uh, early 1990s. Um, and so the next kind of six, seven, eight years of my life, I basically used drugs and alcohol to distract me from the chronic depression. Uh, I didn't sort my depression out. I just kind of, I didn't really know what was wrong with me, if I'm honest. Um, as I said, it wasn't something that was talked about more then. Um, so I didn't even realize what I, what I was depressed, you know, it was that bad. 
uh, I just kind of, I just thought that was my experience. I just thought that was my way my life was going to unfold. I, you know, I didn't really understand that there was something I could do about it. Um, and then at the age of 28, um, my mum suffered again with very bad depression. And I took a phone call from my dad to say that she'd gone missing. Um, and so my sister, my boyfriend and I at the time traveled from London to about an hour outside of London to where my parents lived. And in my living room was a policeman with a suicide note. And he asked me if my mum had ever tried to commit suicide before. And I said, no. And my dad said, yes. Um, and at that point, out comes the family history of she tried to commit suicide twice when I was little, um, how she'd suffered with mental health issues all of her life. And, you know, none, all of this was completely news to me. Um, so my whole paradigm shattered. You know, the, what I liken it to now is, you know, people at the moment, they're having their paradigms bashed open with what's happening. You know, we're suddenly, everything we thought to be true is just falling around behind, around us, you know. Um, and that was what happened to me in that moment. Everything I thought was true about my life was just shattered. You know, I, I didn't, wasn't living the life I thought I was living. And, um, but obviously in that instant, I couldn't, um, couldn't do anything about it because I needed to find my mom. So we went to look for her. My parents live with a big expanse of woods at the back of the house. And there's a place where you can um, get to and you can literally turn left or you can turn right and, you know, woods everywhere. And I, you know, remember my sister saying, well, where do we go? You know, do we turn left? Do we turn right? And I essentially got a voice in my head saying, turn right. And so Anna said, where do we go? And I said, we need to turn right. And she's going, how do you know that we need to turn right? I said, I just being told we need to turn right. Um, and this voice kind of guided me to where my mum had taken an overdose um, by the side of a river. Um, and she'd overdosed with pills and alcohol and kind of slumped, luckily for us, on herself. And she hadn't fallen into the water because she would have drowned. She was unconscious. Um, and my boyfriend at the time, Jen, was a paramedic. Um, and they say that people come into your life for a lifetime or, you know, for a reason or for a season. And he definitely was, you know, for a four-year season, he, he was there to help us. And so, yeah, we called the ambulance. I remember running for an ambulance. I drank, I smoked, I was overweight. And I was like, <gasps> running for this ambulance. And I just remember having this conversation with whoever this voice was to say look I'm really sorry I know I need to sort myself out but please I'll do anything just you know please help my mom um and you know the good news was we got her to hospital she kind of came around you know um, we got her support we got her counseling um and that was a very big wake-up call for me as well because it kind of opened me up to a whole new world like where did this voice come from and I want to understand, you know, how that happened. Um, so over the course of the next, that was my Saturn return. You talked about your Saturn return. That was mine. Mm -hmm. um, and interestingly, my mum's as well. She had a, we had simultaneous Saturn's returns. Because um, obviously later in life, if you don't get the lessons, whatever you haven't resolved, Saturn comes in again around sort of late 50s. Mm. Uh, and you know, you basically get another opportunity to resolve the stuff you haven't resolved when you're younger um, and obviously mm -hmm. at 27 year old it's all about us transitioning into adulthood um but that sent me over the course of the next few years 
it sent me down um, a rabbit hole, should we say. Um, I had a coach as well at my work and he's still one of my dearest friends to, today. And he's the reason I got into coaching because he really just helped me in so many ways. Um, and I got into personal development. Um, first of all, kind of Tony Robbins. Um, and then I got into spiritual development. Um, and then I got into the rabbit hole of uncovering how uh, the elite, obviously the banking systems, went into that rabbit hole for about two years. Um, but all the time I was working on myself um, and it was like a remembrance is all I can describe, you know, and I, for the first time in my life, I was so lit up with learning this knowledge and it was just so, it drove me, you know, and I, I could see the results in my life and things started to shift and change and, um, yeah, and I started to manifest and actually really create what I wanted in my life. The biggest thing I managed to sort of pull into my existence was, um, there's an organization in the States called the Transformational Leadership Council. Uh, it was where mm. the teachers in the seek. So the secret was filmed at a transformational leadership council meeting. Um, the 24 teachers and I went up a mountain with one of the members. So he took us up Kilimanjaro. And um, at that time, I decided I wanted to climb Kilimanjaro because I knew I would. It would force me to train and it would force me to get out of the toxic environment that I was in, which was drugs and alcohol. Um, and the chap who took us up Kilimanjaro was a member of the TLC, the Transformational Leadership Council. And he told me every night stories about this organization. And it was everything I was passionate about because obviously, you know, it was a network and it was a community. And I'd built big networks in my corporate career. career and they'd been very fruitful for me. Like I'd been very successful in my corporate career because I was good at building communities. And then, of course, it was personal development and it was everything that I was, you know, all the people that I've been reading their books, you know, the Jack Canfields, the uh, men are from Mars, the women are from Venus, the um, Vishen Lakaris, you know, it was all these people. Um, and so I decided that I wanted to bring that organization to Europe. And I came down off the mountain with this idea. Um, and I'd also learned so much about manifestation and about who you surround yourself with is who you become. And it just seemed so natural that I would bring this organization to Europe. Um, and luckily for me, I'm kind of pretty pig-headed and stubborn. And so I decided to just write, write a business plan. And I told everybody, I literally told every single person I could get my hands on. By now, I'd kind of got a friendship group, which is more into um, personal development and more into kind of entrepreneurship. So I just literally spoke it into existence. I told everyone I was doing it, but I took the action. So I went down from a five-day-a-week job to a three-day-a-week job. Um, and then over the course of nine months, you know, it would kind of come up. It would go back again. You know, I'd think about it. I'd do a bit more work towards it. I'd have days where I'd go, oh, I don't understand how this is going to happen. But then I'd pick myself up and I'd keep going. And so I kind of wrote this business plan, told everybody I knew. And then nine months later, um, I was doing my NLP qualifications. And, you know, to this day, I just think I let a block go because um i got an email the following day from finishing the nlp qualification and from a lady who i now run the organization with um and she's somebody i'd connected with nine months previously out you know just i'd helped her come to the uk um and she basically sent me an email saying this is happening we're moving we're moving the organization to europe and do you want to get involved 
Um, and it was one of those like, uh, <laughs> you know, what? <laughs> um, and obviously hindsight's a wonderful thing, but, you know, we manifest, we create our reality. We speak things into existence. You know, my frequency was such that I wanted to do this and the universe looks for openings and of such energy and synchronicity brought us together. Um, and that was nine years ago. And I've run kind of two leadership organizations since then. And, you know, it's made me the woman who I am today. That's, that's wild. Uh, you know, it's interesting that I, I love, first of all, that you shared your story. And I think it actually will serve way more people than you probably realized when you went into the way in which you shared it, right? Because I think right now with what's going on in the Great Awakening, as we're going through the deprogramming and depending where we where we're at in that pendulum swing uh, there's times where we can genuinely worry that we're losing our sanity so do you have any I guess orange flags or red flags for people to consider to know whether or not they're actually you know about to have a breakdown or, or whether it's just the deprogramming that's kind of coming out of their system? Um, I would say that, you know, entry into this new earth, we always have, all have to have this dark night of the soul. We've got people having dark nights of the soul, left, right and center across the planet at the moment. And, mm. you know, and I think when we understand that this breaking down to break through analogy um, like I described in my story, you know, my paradigm shattered. Everything I knew to be yeah. true was broken. But what mm -hmm. enables that us enables us what that enables us to do is expand, right? Mm -hmm. So that is what's happening for so many people at the moment. You know, I think so. If you're go if you're listening to this and you're going through this right now, is if you're you know I'm seeing people coming out of relationships and I'm seeing people moving and I'm seeing people leaving jobs and it's it's hard it's change it always brings up stuff it brings up oh not good enough stuff it brings up what am I going to do for money stuff but I want you to really focus on who is it you want to be that was the thing that I think drove me is when I looked at my life and I drank I smoked I was overweight I was depressed um I hated my life I didn't want to be that person and I remember saying you know this isn't who I am and this isn't who I want to be. And so I worked out who I wanted to be <laughs> and I worked out what that looked like. Um, and it took me about 10 years, but I had this vision in my head of who I wanted to be. It, you know, I wanted to have transformational friends and I wanted to be making a difference on the planet and I wanted to be loving my life and I wanted to be living my work. And it took me about 10 years, but I do remember when I was like, wow, you know, we can be anything we want to be. We just have to believe it's possible. Um, and so mm. if you're going through a dark night of the soul, if you're listening to this and you are depressed, if you're depressed, please come find me because that's one of my areas I love to help people with just because it's obviously very close to my heart. You know, we get so trapped by our beliefs that it mm. essentially represses us. Um, but please know that this is for your expansion. You know, it might not feel like it at points, but on the other side of it is something incredible and a bigger version of you. I love that you shared that. Do you have any specific tools that are really helpful in shifting people pretty quickly? Mm, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we, we are in the process of unlearning and relearning everything. 
and everything's energy. You know, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you're aware of that. Quantum physics has shown us that. And we are energetic. And often if we've been through trauma, if we've been through um, past situations, we store those negative low-level emotional vibrations. So in my case, for example, I wasn't processing my emotions. None of us do. You know, none of us are taught to feel. We're taught to just get on with it. So as we shift up, as the frequency of the planet rises and as the higher vibrational energy comes to earth, it's bringing up anything that is out of alignment. So in English, what that means is all your lower level stuff is coming to the surface for you to deal with it. So you have to feel it, okay? It's stuck and it's trapped in your emotional system until you feel it and let it go. So a simple tool is just to journal. You know, it's such a simple thing, but it helps you process because obviously what you're doing, as long as you're, you're conscious and you're connected to what you're doing and saying, and if an emotion comes up, you're feeling it on the way out that I've had a lady joined my Dharma community and she suffered with panic attacks and, um, really bad anxiety problems. And before she started the program, I literally had, I said to her, I want you to write a page and a half every single day in the morning, as soon as you wake up, I've cured people who've had chronic depression just through journaling alone. Because otherwise what's happening is those emotions are physically weighing us down. You know, if you think about anxiety, depression, if you think about sadness, you say to someone, oh, you look down, it, you, you look, you look in a lower vibrational state. So you need to release what you're carrying essentially. Um, and that's the simplest thing I found to give people. Mm-hmm. I like that. I, um, I found too, and I don't know if you're seeing this, that people, there, there's various layers of trauma that people are, are experiencing and probably not really realizing it. There was a moment where, you know, I was processing so much because I'm a quick I'm a quick start and a quick follow through. So I tend to get a lot of information and then I have to process it quickly. Right. So I was getting inundated with every possible angle of the awakening, the elite, the agenda, the Hollywood stuff, the, you know, the stuff that they get up to behind closed doors and all the things. Right. But it it all came at me in about an hour. And uh, I found uh, taking rescue remedy was really helpful. And so just to take the edge off of it, right? Because I think there's a point where we definitely have to deal with our emotions, but sometimes there's there's a level of um, activation that it's hard to even be with the emotion until you kind of, you know, not, not unlike taking a chaser or someone taking a few tokes off of a pipe or something like that, right? Where you can kind of take the edge off. But for me, I like... I like journaling for sure. I like anything that's efficient. So flower essences for me are something I really enjoy. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think too, it's interesting that a lot of our, our typical abilities to move energy uh, have been removed from us, right? Like, yeah, we could work out at home if we wanted to, but the reality is most people weren't because of the other programs and stuff that were coming through that were making us feel demotivated, making us feel futile, making us feel like things were hopeless and things like that. I, I think a lot of people got stuck in that vortex, right, of, of despair and depression and adrenal fatigue and so on. So 
Yeah, and I think if you if you come from the perspective of we're all shifting, we're all lifting, and whatever is coming up right now, because I've had lots of people contact me, and there's you know whatever is coming up for your attention is all about getting you into finer alignment. So mm-hmm. um, it it could it could be big stuff, it could be massive stuff. Like people are probably listening to your podcast. I would say you know they're probably further along in their journey. It's now more about refinement. Um, mm-hmm. So I've found a lot of my self-worth stuff has really been coming up. A lot of my body shame has really been coming up for me to look at. I think when we, before we jumped on the podcast, I was saying to you, I'm clearing left, right, and center in the records at the moment, my own stuff. It's like we're, we're having this final push of about getting into alignment. Um, mm-hmm. I also use oils because I think there's mm-hmm. such a beautiful way of uh, Kabiba is a really fantastic shadow oil, which I'd recommend mm-hmm. listening because it, you have to be very aware that when you use it because you know you use it and suddenly you're like all this stuff comes up and you feel horrible about it. <laughs> and you're like oh where's this come from? You know, first day I was using it, I hadn't put two and two together, so I just said to my husband, oh, I really don't feel good about myself. And then I finally connected. Obviously, Kabiba is all about your low level shame. Um, real yeah. kind of depths of our shadow coming up to the surface um, so having that kind of understanding that we're just being refined right now so yeah. we're just really kind of stepping into this powerful strong sovereign being that we came here to be mm-hmm. I love that you framed it that way that's a really nice way to look at it that's very comforting yeah and, and that, you know, this, yeah, it's good, isn't it? Like, if you look at it like that, it's like, okay, I'm just, you know, I'm just an, another day on my transformational journey. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned the records a few times and we kind of, like you mentioned, chatted a little bit about it before. For the general, you know, not for you personally necessarily, but for the collective, what kind of information is coming through for you around you know, how we navigate this or things we need to watch for. I know another thing that we talked about before the show is how do people discern the truth? There's so much, so much out there that uh, has, you know, half-truths, hidden agendas. Mm. Obviously, there's some things that are completely true that are also unbelievable, right? So then it's hard to believe them to be true because it sounds too crazy to be true. So how do you discern whether something is truth or not? Um, I feel into it mainly. Um, I went down a massive, another massive rabbit hole when you know, everything kicked off. Um, and I had to be pulled out by my husband. <laughs> um, and now I'm of the opinion of it's 80-20. Like I, I truly believe it's good to be aware. It's good to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, aware of what's happening, but we've 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 won, right? We've we're really mm-hmm. it we're it's a done deal in my head. Um, so mm-hmm. really, the the thing to remember is you we're still creating our realities. It's really important that we're on that five D timeline. It's really important that the majority of our energy is spent creating and manifesting our futures. You know, so don't get caught in the rabbit hole trap and stay down there. You know, um, again feel into what's your next move feel into where you're going feel into 5d earth and feel into your own heaven on earth um and then find a community you know we that's what we do in our dharma life community is we support people in that journey 
high vibrational community. Um, so yeah, I would say, no, start discerning and developing this muscle of your own truth, because it's definitely one of the entry points to 5D Earth. You know, we can't mm -hmm. trust information. It is manipulated. So actually, we have to do, we have to discern it ourselves. Um, and then just mm -hmm. see if it fits with the model of the world that you want to live in. And if it doesn't, okay, you can put that down. Mm -hmm. It occurs to me as you say that, that one of our great lessons, and we'll have many, but one of our great lessons during this time is really mastering the art of discernment. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. I would, and I probably would faith in there too. <laughs> yeah. Faith, trust, and discernment, all, you know, Mm -hmm. we need as a 5d citizen mm -hmm. i think we prior to all of this stuff this great awakening we would have thought we had the definition of that we would have been teaching classes on the art of discernment and trust and faith and then this came along and i think we're all realizing the level of depth that we didn't have before this. And that's not to make it right or wrong. It's just to say that at that point in consciousness, we thought we could really properly articulate what it means to be in those energies. And now that this is here, it's, it's like we've dropped into it in a whole new level because we have no choice. Mm. It's like the lid was blown off really, wasn't it? In many, yeah. <laughs> in many different ways. Yeah, exactly. So I know you have a few programs that help people and you have your podcast and so on. So can you share with us a little bit more about how you're helping people right now? Like what, what's lighting you up? How are you serving your community? How can people get in touch with you? Absolutely. Thank you. Um, I, you know, I truly believe 100% that this is an incredible time to be alive. You know, it's why we came. Um, so all of my programs and channel, I have a Dharma life podcast um, and I interview Ascension leaders and Ascension guides. And again, similar to yourself, we want to make it really practical so you can implement it into your life. So it could be how to access the records. It could be how to access your uh, psychic capabilities. It could be understanding more about what you need to prepare for the next few years. It, it varies, but again, very practical. Um, and then I have my Dharma Life Academy, which is all about building your own heaven on earth. Um, so we help you unlearn all the conditioning and relearn all the new paradigm laws uh, and how you can manifest and create the reality you desire. And then we hold you accountable in a beautiful kind of monthly membership community. So you get to have a high vibe tribe uh, alongside you. Uh, and one of my, I just want to share a little story because I'm really proud of her. <laughs> but um, mm -hmm. one of the ladies who joined me must have been about, uh about nine months ago now and you know was wasn't awake she won't mind me saying when she joined us had a huge spiritual awakening when she joined the community we, we i teach the laws of dharma so i teach how you can uncover your purpose and i teach about the laws of universal laws of alignment um and so she had the confidence coming through the course that she was going to go after her childhood dream got got in touch with her childhood dream which was actually to run a donkey sanctuary and she's a nurse and she um, effectively had been a nurse all her life, but it, you know, and she's starting to sort of get the signs and signals that she needed to move out of it. Um, and so she found this donkey sanctuary in Corfu that she wanted to go and work for. And just as she was about to leave, obviously COVID happened. 
And so she went then in an A&E nurse, she went back into fully awake now, <laughs> into, into the A&E. Yikes. And I'm yeah. just so incredibly proud of her because she was such a light to everybody around her. You know, they were saying, how can you be in such a high vibe, you know, high vibe state when all this stuff is happening? And she's, she was spreading the light left, right and center within her hospital. And she sent me a message today to say tomorrow she gets on a plane and she, cause she couldn't go obviously because of what happened, but she's boarding a plane tomorrow to go to her dream. So um, that's the type of thing we help facilitate effectively. Mm, that's amazing. I love how, you know, I remember meeting a guy on a plane who was really passionate about saving the ducks and I use him as an example sometimes in classes because he had a duck hat on. He had a jacket that had embroidered ducks on it. He had corduroy <laughs> pants with ducks embroidered on it. He freaking loved ducks. But you got to respect people like that, right? Because it, it, that didn't cross my path. That didn't cross your path because it wasn't part of our journey to care that much about ducks. Now, obviously, I don't wish any ill will on ducks and I don't want to, you know, I would love to support it in that way. But I think we all have our our thing right that lights up for us that doesn't make sense to other people necessarily but we're meant to be the ones that are participating in that because it just doesn't leave us alone yeah and i you know from my my dharma studies you know the vedic texts talk about the fact that every single one of us is a piece of the puzzle you know and you know my mm -hmm. mission has always been to wake people up to their higher purpose and their journey because you know, that's how we will change this world. If everybody's in alignment with who they are and who they're supposed to be and they're on their dharmic path, then literally they are pieces of this puzzle um, and society mm. reflects the consciousness of its members. So um, mm. it's been my driving mission, you know, whether it's ducks or donkeys or, you know, we've got artists, we've got all, whatever it is that, that sometimes people don't know you know so we really mm -hmm. take you through a process of getting you clear on that and understanding and explaining the dharmic texts and the principles mm. so you can apply them into your life that's amazing well before we wrap up let's remind people how they can get in touch with you yeah thank you um so dharmalifeacademy.com if that's of interest or we are the dharma life podcast on youtube and itunes and i'm on instagram aloise.life Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for all of you for your time. We will see you again next time. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you learned today, I would love for you to share with your friends by leaving a review so that more people can learn of the show and be impacted by the information we're sharing here. If you aren't already following me on social media, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Jennifer Longmore. And I'd also love for you to visit my website, www.souljourneys.ca and claim your free soul acceleration system while you're there. You'll become a VIP recipient of my ever popular daily messages from the Akasha delivered to your inbox each day. With love and namaste.